You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 30th, 2020. My name is Phil Prosser-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can always follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we've hit our little pause. I took yesterday off. Thank you guys for letting me have that. Uh, hit our little pause in the season, so I feel like it's a good time to just kind of take a, a step back and and sort of look ahead to the third quarter of the season and, and, and the big questions that I think face the Magic here in the next 20 games or so. We're what? We're 21 and 27, so we're about seven games into the third quarter of the season, so some big questions coming up. Of course, we are one week away from the trade deadline, so Consider this my big trade de- one of my big trade deadline uh, 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 talks as, as we discuss, I think, what, what the Magic strategy is at the trade deadline because, frankly, that's the big question facing the Magic here as we enter the third quarter of the season, as we continue the third quarter of the season. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching Review Download Podcasts for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on Orlando's next opponent, the Miami Heat? They play Saturday. Check out Locked On Heat. They do a great job actually covering the Miami Heat. I do listen to them on occasion. If you're looking ahead even further than that, you can check out Locked On Hornets or if you're looking for more perspective on Kobe Bryant, I'm sure they're still still mourning and still discussing his legacy and his career, you can check out a podcast like Locked On Lakers. No matter which team you're interested in learning more about, which team you're just curious about, or which team you just love to hate, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we have great national podcasts, Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball, as well as Rejecting the Screen and the Duncan and Hollinger podcast for more perspective on the NBA. No matter which team you're interested in, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, MLB, college, or NHL 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you and your team. Check them out wherever you download podcasts today. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Like I said, we're about seven games here into the fourth, the third quarter of the season. We've passed the midway point. The Magic currently sitting somewhat comfortably. They're tied with the Nets now for 7th in the Eastern Conference. They've got a a, a healthy-ish three-game lead over the Chicago Bulls for the final spot in the playoffs, but Orlando certainly knows that nothing is safe right now. Of course, it was at this time, literally, literally actually, a year ago to the day, almost a year ago to the day, it's, it's, it's tomorrow, uh, that Orlando was 20 and 32, five and a half games out of the final playoff spot. And with the trade deadline coming up, it, it wasn't particularly clear what the Magic were going to do. Yet, somehow, a Nikola Vucevic became an all-star, which, which was something interesting and exciting, which won't be happening this time around. Yet, Orlando was able to make a push, to make a surprise run to the playoffs, going 22-9 over the final 31 games of the season, to finish at 42-40, and 40, the 7th seed in the Eastern Conference. Actually, tied for 6th, but they lost on the tiebreaker. So, 
Orlando knows that a three-game lead is nothing and that they still have a lot of work to do. And that's really what I think is going to be one of the key questions that this team answers in the third quarter of the season. And and there, there are a few questions here involved in all of this. The first thing, of course, is I think what is the most fundamental thing about what Steve Clifford says every time he talks about his team. The goal for the Orlando Magic, the goal for his team, for his young team, is to be better at the end of the season than they were at the beginning. To be better progressively throughout the course of the season. And that is kind of the overarching thing. And, and, and I think you could there, there's a lot of things to criticize about, about with Steve Clifford. I, I do agree. His rotations have been a little off. I think that we learned last year, and we've certainly seen it continue this year, that he has an idea. He sticks with it maybe a beat or two too long. He won't change it unless there is clear and convincing, you know, maybe even more than that, evidence that says that he needs to change it. And it takes him a while to trust something that he didn't come upon initially, or at least on his own. So a lineup change, a role change, you know, giving more responsibility to someone, that takes a lot of time. And I think for at least the most most fans that that I talk to, this is pretty much at the root of every frustration, I think, with the Magic. And and granted, I will grant this, like, I think that Steve Clifford's coaching decisions have cost the Magic games this year. I think his decisions, not not trusting, you know, maybe not riding the hot hand. I mean, there's certainly differing opinions on the hot hand, but Clifford trusts the guys that he trusts. And once you have his trust, you have it. When, you, when you're trying to earn it, it is very difficult to earn. And so I think there have been decisions over the course of this first half of the season that that Clifford has made because of who he trusts and not necessarily because of what's exactly happening on the floor. Which, again, fair or not. I will say this in Clifford's defense, however. I do think that his instincts are typically pretty good. When he hits on the right rotation, because remember, it took about to this time of the year for him to find that correct rotation. So about the 50-game mark to really hit on the rotation that he needed. Granted, you know, some of that came because of injury. It took him 45-ish games to take Jaron Grant out of the lineup, uh, which I think a lot of us knew by game 20-25 it wasn't working. And then, of course, it took an injury to Mo Bamba to, to take him out of the lineup, and, and I would argue that Mo Bamba was, was turning a corner. At, I don't know if he would have been as effective as Ken Burch at the end of the season, but I, I don't necessarily think that, that that was as big of a, a, a thing as, as a lot of people thought, but certainly a rookie would make more mistakes, so I'll, 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 give, I'll give Birch that, that much credit. And of course, when, when Clifford hit that rotation, he wrote it all the way to the end of the season. In fact, I was still a little surprised that he didn't continue writing it to the beginning of this season, that he really felt like he needed to change some things because it didn't work in the playoffs. And again, again the playoffs as well, it didn't work in the playoffs. The rotation that he had devised, the pleasure that carried the match to the, to the playoffs wasn't quite working and it took him a long time to change it. Or, or, and, and obviously, not a lot of time. It, it was too late to change it. So I do give Clifford th- this bit of credit. He is looking at the big picture. Consistency is what matters in the regular season. 
being able to know, to know your minutes, know your role within those minutes, know what you're supposed to do within those minutes, and, and to find success within those groups, giving those groups time to grow and mold and gel together, that's how you find regular season success. Now, whether that gets you playoff success is, is certainly another question. But I do think Clifford does have a bit of the bit more of the big picture in mind than he lets on. Now, again, I do think it costs him games in the short term, but I think the idea is to have everything kind of molded and gelling together when we get to about this point of the season, when we get to February, when we get to March, and the pressure starts to ramp up. And certainly with the schedule that the Magic have coming up, which I'll talk about here in a moment too, uh, there's certainly an opportunity to take advantage of things if Orlando can can kind of build that chemistry and, and, that, and that rhythm, more importantly, back up. I, I, I don't think necessarily chemistry is the issue with this team. It's more rhythm and execution. There's still some changes we'd like to see, and there's still some changes the Magic almost certainly can make that will foster this growth, that will make the team better. And, and it's a lot of the same little things. It's, it's a lot of players getting better and getting more comfortable as the season progresses. And for no player is that true than Markel Fultz. I think for many of us, and, and, I, and I, I, would agree, I would say this, that the one adjustment that we are all waiting to, waiting to happen the one thing we all want to happen more than anything else within the internal structure of the team. So we'll get to the big picture questions here in a second. Within this current group dynamic, the one thing we all want to happen is for Markel Fultz to be on the ball more. We want him to get more freedom to run the point. We want him to get more freedom to attack, to score, to drive, to kick, to pass. More playmaking responsibility. And again, this is where I think some of Steve Clifford's preconceived notions of things have been both good for Markel and held him back. They've been good for Markel because, you know, playing him within the role that he's playing now, where he does get some opportunities, but he's not the lead guard, especially late in games, it's given him room to grow. It's gotten him out there, but he's not carrying the team. He's not the primary responsible party for the team's success. Again, Say what you want about Evan Forney and Nikola Vucevic. We'll have plenty more to say about them here coming up. Those guys can carry the team to a point. We all think Fultz can do a little bit more. And so the question has always been now as the season has gone on is how do you trust Fultz more? How do you get get more Markel Fultz or, or Fultz playing at his best? And again, a lot of that is in building trust with Steve Clifford, with the coach. Personally, I think Fultz has earned that trust. If it were me, I'd be looking for more ways to get Fultz involved. I'd be trusting him to be on the ball more. Just statistically, visually, every factor seems to suggest the Magic play at a better pace and with a better rhythm with Fultz on the floor. But, granted again, he is a young player. He will make mistakes. And so I think if... I think one thing the Magic should consider doing, especially when DJ Augustine comes back, or if DJ Augustine comes back, or even before. I mean, I, I don't mind Michael Carter-Williams doing this either. I think that the Magic should look to run Fultz a little bit more with the second unit. Have him play with Ross, Gordon, and Fournier with that second unit without Vucevic. 
and let him kind of attack and have a little more free reign with that group. He's, he's, the, he's the best ball handler, best playmaker on the team, regardless of who's out there. But give him that space to, to just let him go, to take, to take the reins off. I'm not asking for a, a long time. But ultimately what this is, is we want to see Fultz more integrated and, and frankly just have a little bit more control and trust within the offense. To me, he has earned that with some great decision-making, with some great playmaking, with some great passing. And it just feels like this is the next kind of step that Fultz has to take in his development because remember what Steve Clifford said, just like for the team. He expected Fultz to be better in February than he was in January, better in March than he was in February, and you can't wait to see what he'll be in April. This is not a criticism in the way the Magic have brought Fultz up because Fultz has gotten better with each month. Maybe he's hit a little bit of a wall. Maybe he's had some inconsistency. That's why I'm not ready to completely throw things over to him. But I think one of the big questions the Magic face now in the third quarter of the season is their offense is struggling. They need a more dynamic player to, to diversify the attack. And that's what Markel Fultz can give this team. That's something that the Magic can get from this kid. And so I think that a good place to start for the Magic, if they want to get better, if they want to kind of realize that potential, is to trust the kid a little bit more. Give him more responsibility. Again, I think I've said this about Mo. I'm pretty sure I've said this about Jonathan Isaac too. The Magic's development approach is to slowly ramp things up. When you accomplish one thing, when you master one thing, you get the next thing. And again, like I've said, I think we all sense Fultz is ready for a little bit more. I'm not saying you give him the world. I'm not saying you take all the restrictions off him. But you just trust him a little bit more. You give him that little bit of responsibility and see where it takes you. And I think that's that's really the first big thing for the magic on the court within the structures of this team that needs to happen. The other one, unfortunately, is also pretty obvious, too. And of course, that Next part, that the second part, the big question I think facing the Magic here in in the third quarter of the season is honestly the most basic. Steve Clifford, and and I've I've said this too, said, you know, when you lose bad, when you lose by a lot, you blame three people. The coach for not having the team prepared. And the the best players for not doing their job. And so and, and and everything else kind of else falls into place. During this recent stretch, and, and the Magic have faced a lot of fatigue, which I, I think that Clifford mismanaged in some way. I don't think he expected it to be this bad, and the injuries have certainly hurt and everything. But I think that more than anything else, the Magic struggles or perceived struggles at this point in the season have been a lot about Nikola Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic's raw stat line isn't that terrible if you're only looking at the raw stats. He's averaging 18.6 points per game, which 
would be his third highest in his career. He's still getting 11 rebounds per game, only one off of last year. He's still getting three and a half assists per game. He's, you know, 1.8 blocks per game, which is ter- isn't terrible. Shooting 81.4% from the foul line of 40. But the, but, but the key difference here is he is missing shots at an alarming rate. A 49.3% effective field goal percentage is would be the worst since 2017, which was the Serge Ibaka year. Which again, a lot of similarities between those two years. A lot of Vucevic out on the perimeter, not in the paint. And you're seeing it play out again here. Vucevic is shooting a career worst 44.2% and, 35, and a 35.6% from beyond the arc. He is shooting 4.8 three-point field goal attempts per game. His post-offense, which was at point, I believe 0.92 points per possession on post-ups last year, down to like 0.72. I think it was at 0.98 or 0.97, I think, uh, points per possession on, on post-ups last year, down to 0.72. To put it bluntly, your center is supposed to have a high field goal percentage, even if he's shooting some threes. He's supposed to make a lot of shots and shoot them efficiently. And the fact of the matter is, the Magic's best player, again, say what you want, we, will, we can debate that endlessly, the Magic's best player is struggling to make shots. Struggling to make shots he knows he can make. Those three-pointers he's missing, they're usually pretty open. Those post-ups he's hitting, those are touch shots that generally you should make. And for whatever reason, Vucevic is rushing and struggling to get going. And so one of the big pieces of the Magic's puzzle, one of the big things that the Magic knew they would have to rely on has become pretty unreliable. You don't know what you're going to get every night. That was the That's what got Vucevic in the All-Star game last year. It wasn't that he averaged 20 points per game. It wasn't any of that. It was he did that every night, 20 and 13, 20 and 12 every night with almost no fail. I mean, I, I think I could count two bad games that he had all year, just objectively bad games from a scoring perspective. This year it is happening more and more. And yeah, like he had a game last week where he scored 24, I think, and, and made half his shots, but it still felt like he was hurting the team because he was missing easy shots, momentum-building shots. I mean... When you're a star player, when you're the all-star player, a lot is expected of you. And no matter how you cut it, Vucevic isn't performing. Steve Clifford has put the blame on himself. He said, I've got to find ways to get him the ball in better scoring positions. And he has tried to say that, he's tried to say that essentially that, that, that the, that, you know, he's getting good shots, but not great shots. And, you got to look at Vucevic too. He has struggled to deal with pressure. I think teams are coming at him with more pressure. We're starting to see teams um, ignore faults on the perimeter and double down hard on Vuce, knowing that Vuce does not like to work in a crowd and does not like to get physical on offense. And again, those are fa- those are flaws that we probably knew all along with Vucevic. He was able to push through it last year, uh, and now teams are are figuring that out again and 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 kind of copying a lot of what the Toronto Raptors did last year. This is really at the heart, I think, of Orlando's struggles. 
because you go as your best player goes. Or, you know, no matter what you want to say, your best player determines a lot of your success. And Vucevic is such a big player for this team. And so, you know, we're, we're seeing him struggle now, and, and, and you hope that these last two days off, they had the Magic at Tuesday and Wednesday off, the Magic practice Thursday and Friday before Saturday's game. You hope that that little time off can just get everyone's mind right. Just refresh everyone and just kind of recycle them and get back and get back kind of into a focused, intense effort. Just just find a little extra energy that that, that maybe they couldn't reach into over this this you know thirty day stretch that they just had. But if the Magic are going to finish seventh, if the Magic are going to avoid Milwaukee in the first round, if the Magic are going to push to make the playoffs, they need Nikola Vucevic. Period. Full. Period. Just. Just. Uh, they need Nikola Vucevic. He is their best player, and and um, unless the Magic plan on trading him at the trade deadline, he is the guy that's gonna cause this team to sink or swim. Not Terrence Ross. Not Aaron Gordon. Not Evan Fournier. It's Nikola Vucevic. He's this. He's, you know, because there's no one else. The special one. And so he's got to make shots when he gets them. He's got to defend better, and he's, I think he's been better defensive than people give him credit for, but he slipped a little bit in that regard. And he's got to make shots, around the rim especially. He's got to get in the paint more. He's got to find ways to just bustle through and get where he wants to be. The Magic desperately need him. That much is abundantly. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? 49ers Chiefs, real fast, who you got? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. There's so much stuff going on between the Super Bowl, NBA, hockey, college basketball. It's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of person who likes to win a to, likes to bet a little to win a lot, try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? Get a little skin in the action? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars. That's that means if you deposit two thousand dollars, you get an extra thousand in free money to play with. Just use promo code locked on NBA. That's locked on NBA to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code locked on NBA to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign up offer. In case you didn't hear it the first three times, that's locked on NBA. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get. And that takes us to the biggest question the Magic face here at the end of the third quarter of the season. The biggest issue that will define this team's season and seasons beyond this year for this, this franchise and this group. And that's what to do at the trade deadline. I mean, and, and, and that statement's obviously true every trade deadline. The last chance, really, to make a splashy move on the roster. And obviously... 
the Magic have a really big decision to make here. Evan Fournier will have the has a has an early termination option in his contract for this summer. So he can become a free agent at the end of the season. He's getting paid 17.75, million dollars this year. With the season that he's had, a fantastic year, no doubt. He is certainly looking to get one last big contract. And he certainly could put the magic in a bit of a bind by opting out and saying, you're, gonna, you're really going to let me walk after the season I just had for you guys? To most of us, and, and, and I, I like Evan a lot as a person, so you know, trust me when I say this isn't personal, it's business. If Evan's trying to get paid a significant amount, the Magic are going to have to make the decision to let him go. Orlando has big contracts invested in Aaron Gordon, in Nikola Vucevic, They've got Terrence Ross's big deal. They've got Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz free agency coming at the end of the 2021 season. Mo Bamba becomes a free agent in 2022. They're not going to be able to pay everyone. And in fact, I think you can already see that they'll have to make financial decisions on a lot of players very, very soon. And that includes Vucevic and Gordon. And so Evan Fournier is very much in the crosshairs. As was reported earlier at the G League Showcase around Thanksgiving, um, most NBA executives expected Fournier's name to be among the biggest talkers at the trade deadline. And, and honestly, I, I, I still think that's kind of true. A team might want his bird rights because this is essentially a chance to, to play free agency beforehand. And so if the Magic have decided, perhaps, maybe they haven't, I, 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 I do see a universe where they do re-sign Evan Fournier and, and make, the, make the risk on the big, big contract and try to pull what the Miami Heat pull. Just collect enough high-priced assets so that when that next star comes around, you've got the pieces to make it happen. And the Magic probably feel like they have a playoff team as constructed and they don't really need to... You know, they can, they can kind of hold steady until that opportunity comes around. It's, it's risky. The Heat almost didn't pull it off. The Heat missed the playoffs for a couple of years trying to pull that off. And, and they finally did with Jimmy Butler, and you can determine if that's, that's been worth it or not later. But that's either here or there. That is a path they could go down. I, I don't think it will be the path they go down because Orlando's not Miami. I think Orlando can count on a free agent saying, I'm forcing my way there. They, they don't have the culture, they don't have the tradition, they, whatever, they, whatever they don't have. And so it, it does seem that Orlando has to seriously consider trading Evan Fournier. And what they do with that, with that player, what they do with that contract, is going to define a lot of the rest of this season and what they're capable of doing moving forward. Now, I will say this. I don't think it's a guarantee that Fournier opts out of that deal. I have no clue where his thinking is. If I were him, I would be thinking I need to get one last big contract. I've got, you know, I probably got one more four-year deal at around eighty million dollars left to, to make. I go in on it. I got to get mine now. And 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 he absolutely should be thinking that. I I would hope that he's thinking that. I hope that his agent is telling him that. But this summer is not a good summer to be a free agent. There's maybe three or four teams with with max cap room. 
Atlanta's not likely to spend it. Sacramento will spend it on someone. So if you want to play for Sacramento, this is your time to go. Um, the Knicks have the money, but do you really want to play for them right now? It doesn't feel like a summer. It's, it doesn't feel like a free agent's summer. And so, you know, again, if I'm Evan Fournier, if all I care about is getting paid and getting the money and getting the long-term security, then I opt out. If, if I am looking to compete for a playoff team and, and be on a contender of some, some sort and get paid, I don't know if this is the summer to opt out. Now, again, I do think he opts out because it puts the magic in a bind. It forces the magic to make that decision. And, and the magic certainly would and could pay him. But again, I, I, I don't anticipate that that's ultimately what the magic wants to do because this is the whole point of this discussion. This is the whole point of talking about the trade deadline. The magic strategy at the trade deadline is going to be about the long-term picture of this team. You know, Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders reported before, or said, I don't think he reported it, but said uh, before the Magic's West Coast trip that sort of the plan was to see how the West Coast trip went and then decide whether to build up or blow it up, essentially. I saw that as a bit melodramatic. I don't think that was ever the case with the West Coast trip, but I... But I do think that there is certainly a couple of goals that the Magic have coming into this trade deadline. And one is any trade they make is going to help the long term. This is not a team that is in the position to buy at the deadline. Typically when you see buyers at the deadline, they're going for big pieces that will help their team immediately. They're selling long-term assets, so young guys, draft picks, to get that last piece to help them win this year. With how far behind the Philadelphia 76ers are, uh, in how far the Magic are behind the Philadelphia 76ers. Orlando's not looking to buy. You know, not in that sense. Not in a short-term sense. They're not looking to grab a player that's going to take them over the top because there's no top to get over at this point. And that's kind of where it's at. There's no top to get over because the Magic are far behind. And that's a statement in and of itself. It's a statement of acknowledgement that, yes, what the Magic have probably isn't enough to win seriously. What the Magic have is currently constructed with the players where they're at now. Probably tops out as a 7 or 6 seed that, you know, maybe gives a little bit of a series in the first round. And that's not where the Magic want to be. So... No matter what, I do think inevitably we are in for changes. We are in for trades. And I, I think this summer is going to be an active one for the Magic to, to make these moves because they don't want to be stuck in that 7 or 8 seed range. Like I said with Markel Fultz, eventually they're going to give him more responsibility. This is perhaps, the t- you know, maybe not now, but these are the kind of moves you make to give a young player more responsibility. I keep going back and thinking this feels like, in some respects, like the 2007, the summer of 2007. That summer, the Magic made the playoffs for the first time in th- three years, in two years, a two-year gap. With 
Grant Hill, Dwight Howard, Jameer Nelson as, as the starters, and Hito Turkaloo's kind of starting up. And the Magic made a very calculated decision to let Grant Hill walk. Grant Hill didn't leave. They let Grant Hill walk because they wanted Dwight Howard to be the leader of the team. So to me, part of the Magic's trade strategy is determining whether Aaron Gordon, whether Markel Fultz, whether Jonathan Isaac are ready to lead and take on those bigger roles. To me, that is at the very core of the Magic's trade decision-making, now and in the summer. At this point of the year, though, there is an added wrinkle, and this plays very much into what the Magic are going to do with Evan Fournier. The Magic are not going to sacrifice their playoff position for a trade. Unless it, 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 it clearly makes their long-term better. The Magic are not trading Evan Fournier for whatever they can find. That's, that, that's not going to happen. If they don't get value for Evan Fournier, they're willing to let him walk, in my opinion. If the Magic can't find a piece that helps them in their playoff push and helps them compete in the playoffs this year and in the future, whether it's a big name player or you know kind of a step back player like a you know I, I, I keep going back to this John Hollinger deal that that he that he suggests in December like a Norman Powell or a, or, or a, 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 a Michael or Malik Beasley from Denver. The Magic aren't doing that deal. The Magic aren't doing a deal that hurts their chances of making playoffs. Now, I'm more conservative on this front. I don't think the Magic make the playoffs if they trade Evan Fournier for one of those guys. They just don't have enough offensive attackers. And even putting the ball more in Fultz's hands, it isn't going to get them there. I, 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 would be, I would be a little hesitant to do it. And I'm more conservative. I can certainly see the arguments that, yes, it would, or, or people having faith that it would, I don't get the sense that the Magic are looking to drastically change their team midseason unless it clearly makes them better. And that's why I keep telling, and that's why my sense is, the Magic are not making any trades at the deadline. I, I don't think Fournier is going to get moved. I think the Magic are going to stand, stand pat and look to make moves in the summer. And like I said, it is not a good free agent summer. It's not a good draft either. So adding new players to your roster is going to be difficult. And so I do expect a lot of trades and a lot more willingness to trade in the summer. But how the Magic respond at this trade deadline obviously is going to affect the rest of the season. You trade a guy like Evan Fournier and all of a sudden your top scorer is off the team. Your best shooter, at least by percentage this year, is off the team. So how do you account for that? How do you how do you fix that? How do you fill in that gap and still compete for what is ultimately the goal for the season to make the playoffs? Just again, the baseline goal. I'm not saying that's that's the, the celebratory goal or this or the goal that, that determines whether the season's success or not. It, it that 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 goal determines whether the season's a failure or not. These are big questions and, and, you know, unfortunately, we don't get to work with all the information available to us. 
it would not surprise me if the Magic move Fournier at the deadline, but my guess and my sense is that they will sit tight with him. But again, we'll see. There's a week to go before the trade deadline, and no question is bigger for this Magic team. The good news is, as the Magic continue this third quarter of the season, they're right in the position they want to be to where they can weigh all these options. There is no, no, you know, there's no easy decision. It's a lot harder to make this decision. But you can weigh all these options, and everything seems to be on the table. So we'll see what happens here in a week. But more importantly, see what happens on the court. Before we close up shop here, if you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Magic is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Magic fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener. I think the best podcast listeners in the world a locked-on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Magic fans and a predominantly male audience, shout-out to the ladies out there, that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this locked-on podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked-on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockdownpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, uh, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Uh, oh, great. I, I, mess, I mess it up because I'm so used to saying iTunes. I've been saying iTunes for like five years. I'm trying to start saying Apple Music because that's correct. But you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast enable listener. I see it, it really should be that easy. Um, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore me. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosenreich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.